0: Hello everyone, my name is Carmen and welcome to another episode of The Sunny Side. Today we will be talking about eating disorders. We will try to explain them in a very simple way so all of you can understand it, as well as talk a bit about the different stages of them and some other questions related to that such as obesity, fat phobia, and so on. Um, So if you are uncomfortable listening to this topic or it can be triggered, please skip this episode and maybe find another one that may fit better with you because your well-being is a lot more important. However, I will really, really appreciate it if you stayed, because it's really important to have more conversations about this topic, um, even if you can feel uncomfortable sometimes. Furthermore, I want to say that this is just an informative podcast. So if you or someone you know needs help, please contact a professional. I will also be leaving some helplines on the podcast notes if you need them. Also, I wanted to say that maybe you have noticed that I haven't uploaded in a while. And that's because, unfortunately, I don't have that much time to be able to upload weekly. So I will upload whenever I can. It will depend on how busy I am. But if you don't want to miss any episodes from now on, make sure you follow the podcast on Spotify or on any other platform that you may use and follow me on social media. But going back to today's episode, if you know me at all, you'll know that I'm really passionate about this topic, so I've been meaning to talk about this on the podcast since the very beginning, and I'm so excited to be able to finish this year raising some awareness on it. Also, I'm really excited for today's guest, Emily from Eat With Care on Instagram, because I think she was a perfect person for this episode, and we had such a lovely conversation uh, that I hope you'll enjoy as much as I did. Uh, But without further ado, let's start with the episode. Hello, Emily. How are you? Hi, Carmen. I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Great. Okay. (laughs) One thing that I want to ask you. So I had two questions in mind. Because every time I record an episode, I always start with like an icebreaker. Mm. And it's like a really random question.
1: I love that.
0: But I had two. I was thinking about it. And I have two. Tell me if you prefer answering one or another. Okay. (laughs) So one was, what is your love language? Ooh. And the other one was even more random, which is, what is your favorite month and why? Ooh.
1: (laughs) Can I answer both?
0: If you want
1: um so i think that my love language that's what i like to give to other people or is it what i like to receive
0: um i'm not an expert but i think <laughs> <laughs> i think it's what you want to give so how do you express express love oh i think okay. it's that
1: i think acts of service okay because i think that like i'm an enneagram type Two, I think it is. So, like, I really value like helping other people and serving other people, and that's how I express love to them. Also, okay. physical touch.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like hugs. <laughs>
0: Me too. Uh, okay, so. Oh my gosh. Your favorite month, please. I want to know. <sighs>
1: my favorite month. Oh. I would say, um, like May. May and June, like the cusp of summertime
0: Mm. in
1: America, like that because summer is my favorite season. And so I would say like right when summer is beginning and I'm excited Mm -hmm. about like what's to come, that's my favorite time of the year.
0: Perfect. (laughs) I love that.
1: (laughs) And scene.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I think now we're ready to start. Um okay. So I'm warmed up. I <laughs> I want you to tell your story however you want to tell it. Um but if we start from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um when do you think it started?
1: Mm-hmm. Um so I was diagnosed with an eating disorder when um, probably like, I want to say like three months after I started like really severely using behaviors, but I don't think that I realized that I had a problem until I was in the hospital. Like even after getting diagnosed with an eating mm-hmm. disorder, I wasn't aware of the scope of my illness just because I was really um, undernourishing myself and very, Mm -hmm. like, absorbed with my eating disorder that I had no idea. And so, but backtracking to, like, when I started using behaviors was I was in high school, um, and I was entering my sophomore year of high school, um, and it was over the summer, I would say, that I started over-exercising and restricting. Those were, like, the two behaviors that I struggled with in Mm -hmm. the beginning. And it was because I was really involved in track. Um, It was like a sport that I uh, excelled in for the first time in my life Um, and so I just held on to that identity as a runner and it made me feel special and I just became obsessed with it. Like beyond passion it was like an obsession. Like I had to be Um, I had to run every day. I had to be the best and I had this skewed view of like how to be a good runner. I thought that I had to run a ton and not eat a lot of food, Mm -hmm. which is like the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Um, and yeah, over the summer, so like I started running track in the spring and then the summer happened and then the fall I was going to run cross country and it was over the summer that, um, I was kind of left to my own devices. Like I, um, I wasn't around my team or my coaches, and I was supposed to just, like, train on my own. Um, and I took that into my own hands, and that's when my eating disorder developed because I had this, like, skewed view of, um, of how to be a good runner, pretty much. And so um, that was kind of the root of my... Eating disorder in the beginning, and it happened very quickly. And within a matter of months, I was diagnosed with an eating disorder um, and tried to do outpatient treatment um, at home, but it wasn't working. And um, my parents uh, put me into an inpatient treatment center, and that's where my treatment began. And it was, you know, laying in a hospital, you know, being forced to eat food when I realized, like, Hmm. This is real. Like this, this is like um I'm and I have an eating disorder yeah. and I can't escape it anymore and um yeah, it just became a a month-long cycle of treatment and relapse and treatment and um then I developed other behaviors once I It's just it's a very long yeah. story, but that's the beginning okay. of it was um anorexia the hospital And then I eventually developed other behaviors um, that I experienced for an even longer amount of time than um, restricting, and that was binging. The binge restrict Mm -hmm. cycle I got really um, caught up in, and it was, I would say, like the darkest time of my eating disorder because I was appearing to be at a healthy weight, but I was struggling very, very deeply on the inside, and I felt very alone. Because at the beginning of my eating disorder, I was underweight, so it was very mm-hmm. obvious to the world that yeah. I was struggling. And um, I got admitted to the hospital without a problem. Like, it, um, I almost had, like, the privilege of outwardly struggling because people took me seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but with binging, like, the problem is that society doesn't understand that you can have a really severe eating disorder and not be underweight. Yeah. Um, and... I realized that when I started struggling with binging and gaining weight and um yeah, and now I'm here. <laughs> I don't know it's it's hard to it's hard to sum up my story in like yeah. a concise way, but that's like the first part of it I would say.
0: Okay. Um one thing that that I wasn't expecting, I'd say, is that mm-hmm. it wasn't or at least correct me if I'm wrong, but it it doesn't feel like it was because you know, you were comparing yourself to, let's say, thinner people, or because the um, ideal body that society tells us. So it was more because of you thinking that to become a better athlete, you had to change, let's say, your eating behavior. So yeah, that's really interesting because usually the, I guess, the idea that people have um, is more the other side. I think it's the, mm-hmm. um, oh, you don't look like a supermodel, let would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was, that was really interesting. Yeah. One of the things that I, I really saw is that you said that um, you wanted to be the best. And that's mm-hmm. like one of the aspects that are really common on people with an eating disorder is that, like, that idea of, Or that personality trait of perfectionism. I think that's really, really common. Uh Um, But there are a lot of other causes as well. Like there's this part of genetics. If you have, like, if for example, you have struggled with an eating disorder, maybe your kids could develop one. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting also maybe in a way it can help some people to say think that maybe those that really want to have kids or do you really want your kids to struggle Um, or what can you do to at the same time help yourself and help your future mini youth? (laughs)
1: yes yeah if i were to have a child now i would feel more confident feeding it than in the past and in my early years in recovery but that's a really good point
0: okay so another thing is that um there are like well hormones changes that can also affect um but yeah there are a lot of things and it's really important what you just said about the weight because maybe it can start like like you, you were underweight, right? At the beginning. But then I yeah. I really hate when people just judge well, I hate when people just talk about someone else's health just looking at them, but yeah. that's a whole other episode. But <laughs> but yeah, it's I hate yeah, when doctors just check or not doctors but normal people just see okay she looks like she has a normal weight she doesn't have an eating disorder mm-hmm. and yep. Yep. Uh, it's so wrong because it's like mm-hmm. i'm i'm going through something yep. quite hard at the moment and i'm receiving these comments from someone that maybe doesn't even know me invalidating me
1: mm-hmm. yeah and I mean, it's terrible, and the other piece of that is, like, just in the eating disorder realm, there is this um, notion that anorexia is a more severe, or um, there's just, and I don't want to make a statement, but, like, Mm -hmm. this was my belief, at least, was when I had anorexia, I was so scared of... Um, recovering because I was really afraid that if I wasn't restricting, I would flip over to the quote-unquote other side. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And healthcare uh, workers, my doctors, my dietitians, when I would voice this to them, they'd be like, "Don't worry, that'll never happen to you." Um, like you know, just saying these things that kind of um emphasized my fear because I was like, "Okay, it's not going to happen to me," and. Um, I'm not going to ever binge, and I don't know, just, there's this um, shame around binging, around struggling with an eating disorder when you're not underweight, Mm -hmm. um, that is, like, uh, really detrimental to recovery, because I feel like so many people who have anorexia unfortunately suffer with other behaviors as well, Um, and the shame that we feel, like, um, in our society that demonizes weight gain and binging and, um, you know, praises restriction and weight loss. It's like, how could a person not be filled with shame if they start to binge and gain weight? I mean, that's what I felt. I didn't tell anybody that I was binging for so long because I was like, oh my God, my doctors even told me that this would never happen to me. So I can't even tell them what I'm going Mm -hmm. through because they're going to judge me or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a horrible misconception that really affects yeah. um, people in recovery and just humans in general, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, whether or not they struggle with an eating disorder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also I think the weight, like seeing weight as a huge factor is also a problem mm-hmm. because um, I've actually did my, internship as an eating disorder unit at the beginning of the year Um, so I saw like the inside of everything Um, and they obviously they had the weight of all the patients and I was like okay I can see a point of why you keep track of this especially for those that were really underweight and they had to see like, they needed to gain weight to be able to sur- survive, in a way. But at the same time, it's like, someone with anorexia can have a normal BMI. Mm-hmm. So, just looking at someone's weight doesn't tell you half of the story. Mm-hmm. And it not o- this not only goes to doctors uh, looking just at weight but also people or or families thinking oh my kid has a normal weight Mm. they are okay yeah so yeah i think that's a huge issue as well
1: no definitely and how could a person not it's like i don't blame people that think that way Mm -hmm. because how could they not in the society that we live in and you know these comments thrown around About eating disorders like oh my gosh she looks so anorexic like oh my god Mm -hmm. like that's not (laughs) like once you start to learn about eating disorders and I mean I've been through one and so I know a lot about them but if you've studied them or you know I don't know you just you start to realize that you can be struggling really severely yeah and appear totally put together on the outside um and I that's like I said when I was appearing to have it all together on the outside that's when I was struggling the most because I felt so alone and ashamed and like nobody was Mm -hmm. acknowledging my struggle like nobody um unlike when I was underweight everybody was you know surrounding me supporting me like you know I was in the hospital and all of these things and I was just like um so felt so supported in my recovery and then when I was binging I felt so alone like I've never felt more alone in my mm-hmm. life because so I was like nobody will take me seriously yeah I can't tell my doctors about this I can't tell my dietitian about this I am so ashamed I should be embarrassed of myself this is I am disgusting and this is so um this is my worst nightmare mm-hmm. um and fortunately I got exhausted and I built up the courage to open up to people mm-hmm. about what I was going through and that changed my life um because letting people in like y- you can't recover on your own uh you need support and yeah um kind of opening up about it and being honest with the people around me it like let go of some of the shame that I felt um but yeah there's got to be more education on for what sure disorders yeah look like like um and the uh how common it is for people to struggle with yeah unfortunately a wide range of behaviors Mm -hmm. Um, and that's nothing to be ashamed of and you deserve help you deserve treatment you deserve to be acknowledged no matter what behaviors you struggle with whether it's binging restricting whether it's um you just you deserve treatment no matter what yeah
0: yeah yeah and and i feel like sometimes it (sighs) the thing is that okay i'm gonna look for something because I want to say something. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, it was the more of the symptoms and signs of someone suffering from an eating disorder. Because I think it's good to know to be able to recognize those on yourself or maybe on someone around you. Because the the earlier you seek help, the better. Um, constant weight fluctuations, obsession with calories and fat contents of food, engaging in ritualistic eating patterns, such as cutting food into tiny pieces, eating alone and or hiding food, continued fixation with food, recipes or cooking, Um, Mm. depression or lethargic stage, avoidance of social functions, family and friends, So one can become isolated. Um, Switching between periods of overeating and fasting. Um, Yeah, I guess those are like the early symptoms. Um,
1: Yes, that's all of those are very... um, I was expecting them to be like... um, I don't know, those are very specific mm -hmm. and very, very applicable. I mean, at least for me, and I can only speak from my experience, but, yeah, it's, uh, the fixation on food, the energy fluctuations, the weight fluctuations, the isolation is a huge, um, was a huge part of my eating disorder, um, when I was struggling the most, I just hated being around other people, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that also, you know, and this might be a little bit random to say, but, like, there's this, when you have an eating disorder, you want nothing more than to protect it. If you don't want to recover, mm-hmm. you just want to protect it. You don't want anybody to know about it. You don't want anybody to acknowledge your eating. You don't want anybody to say, hey, like, do you need help? Like, what's going on here? Um, it's common that, you just want nothing more than to hold on to it, and um, at least that's yeah. my experience. So I think that that aligns with, like, the isolation piece because you just mm-hmm. kind of shut yourself away from the world and just um, spend time with your eating disorder. It's, like, all of that you care about. Um, yeah. And, um, because it it's very common for you to believe that that's your identity, and if you let go of that, you'll have nothing. And that's at least what I thought. That goes back to, like, wanting to be the best at Mm -hmm. um, track it's because I felt like that was my identity as a human and I was like well if I'm not a runner and if I'm not underweight and if I'm not the anorexic then what am I like you know because I I lost my whole personality when I was um yeah using my eating disorder Um, Mm -hmm. and so I felt like I would have nothing without it
0: um, yeah, because it, it it controls you. Like you stop having control yes. on your of your own life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you lose your ability to think rationally about yourself and the world around you. Like so, you believe fully that your weight is the most important thing about you, and that the way that you eat is the most important aspect of your life. Because and that's not a rational thought. But that's what you yeah. start to believe um, when you are not nourishing yourself properly, whether that's by restricting, um, binging, um, compensating, purging, whatever, it, whatever the case. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I feel, I feel like many times because it happens during your teenage years, it can feel like it just, you know, you're a teenager you're going through a lot and maybe your people around you doesn't really see it and they just think oh you know they're just behaving as a teen and Mm -hmm. there's nothing else going on yeah and I think that's really important to maybe pay a bit more attention especially to girls and it's not only girls that suffer from this and we all know that Mm -hmm. by now but it's true that it's like the big chunk of the population that suffer from this disorder Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's isolating it's shameful unfortunately Mm -hmm. um sometimes it's not taken seriously when it needs to be taken seriously um so and that's kind of like the worst place to be i feel like to be struggling um and nobody knows you know yeah or it's like Oh, you can be struggling with an eating disorder even if you're under, even if you're not underweight. But it's definitely <laughs> not as severe as if you are underweight. It's like that's another <sighs> that's really dangerous. Yeah. You know? It's like we have to go beyond the acknowledgement of like, mm-hmm. oh, they exist at all weights. To like, they can, they are like, just as intense and worthy of treatment and worthy of exactly um, help, Yeah. No matter what. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think maybe it's because it's a mental health problem and and you cannot see it. And people just think, you know, physical illnesses are much more easier to to see. And, you know, if if somebody, I don't know, has a broken leg, you know that that person has a broken leg. But if somebody has a, I don't know, depression or anxiety, you cannot see it. To be honest, Mm -hmm. if you look at someone you cannot tell and usually because there's like this huge shame still now around mental health problems i think that all causes more um i forgot the word mm-hmm. <laughs> it causes like more pain <laughs> that like it doesn't Staying help that, yeah. yeah it doesn't help anyone
1: yeah that is such a good point um that I haven't thought about in a while, like, the fact that an eating disorder is a mental illness, mm-hmm. but because some of the symptoms sometimes present Are physical. physically, yeah. sometimes weight loss is a symptom of the mental mm-hmm. illness, we've, like, created this idea that, like, an eating disorder always affects somebody's body in a physical mm-hmm. and visual way. Um, yeah, and the fact that they don't always present physically makes them apparently less um valid yeah Um, yeah
0: yeah definitely okay let's move on on your story because i think we're stuck
1: oh no that was a lovely (laughs) um i just spit some wisdom carmen you better put that in i will um
0: cut that out (laughs) i (laughs) won't um Okay, so what are the things that you think maintained dating disorder during time?
1: Mm, like, why I held on to it for so long?
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Um, my insecurity, I think. Um, only very recently have I started to build confidence in who I am as a person, um, but for the you know, a huge chunk of my life. I was very, very insecure. Mm -hmm. So, um, I would recover a little bit. Um, I would start eating normally for a little bit, but then, um, I would look at my body and feel really bad about it and run away and be like, nope, this isn't for me. I feel too, um, bad about myself. The eating disorder makes me feel comfortable in my body. I need to go back to that. And, um, as I've started to build my confidence, my fixation on my body and my fixation on food has like just wholly lessened because mm-hmm. I realize. Um, I think also it was like the reason why I um, held on to my eating disorder for so long is because I thought that at some point I would be at a weight that would make all of my problems go away. Like, mm-hmm. I, for. Years believed the eating disorder when it told me that once you get to this weight, you will be happy Um, Once you look this way um, You will be seen as desirable and I believed that so I just kept using behaviors. I kept trying to, to lose weight. I kept restricting. I kept binging I kept um, putting my trust into this voice in my head that actually wanted nothing Mm -hmm. but the worst for me. yeah. And I had a wake-up call when I realized, like, oh my gosh, six years of my life have passed by and I've yet to reach that, like, point where I feel totally comfortable with myself. Maybe I should try something different. (laughs) And that's when, um, over this past summer, I decided, um... Pretty much like overnight, it was a decision uh, that I made um, to attempt a more full form of recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was basically just because I had reflected on the fact that the eating disorder actually was never going to make me happy or confident.
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to say that um, it's really interesting because you were saying that um, everything you were doing was taking things from you and you weren't putting anything in your life like you weren't fulfilling your life with anything it was just the eating disorder who was living for you and you were just there Mm. waiting for what it was going to do like what it was going to decide to do and i remember being um Um, when I was doing my internship at the beginning of the year I was with um, a psychologist so my tutor was a psychologist and I was with her when she had patients and stuff and I remember one time with one patient um, my tutor got like um, it was like a rope or something I don't know and she gave one side to the girl that was there and she was like "Um, okay don't like don't do any don't move like just stay there hold the rope and that's it Um, and my tutor so she started uh, moving the rope towards her and and obviously on the other side the rope started to go also that way and she was like this is the eating disorder taking you where it wants you to go and if you let wow. It, you're gonna go wherever it goes. But if you create tension on the other side, it won't move, and you will start creating like taking control. And I thought it was really cool, and I was like, I love that.
1: Wow! Oh my gosh, what an amazing visual that is. Yeah, that's and that's exactly how it works. That is wow. Yeah, because it's not. Um, recovery comes when you start to separate yourself from the eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Like recovery comes when you let go of the idea that you can please the eating disorder and please yourself at the same time. It's like yeah, you you can't you can't do both. Um, and it can take a long time to get to the point where you don't want to please the eating disorder because mm-hmm. um, there's it serves a purpose. Um, mentally, it makes you feel in control. Sometimes it makes you feel um confident sometimes even but the key is that it like it just it's never worth it and the cons always outweigh Mm -hmm. the pros and that like tension creating the tension like it doesn't happen quickly but just like dipping your foot into recovery like trying to disobey you know the eating disorder voice Mm -hmm. um every day like it's it's a slow process of like creating that tension but over it's not easy. Yeah, over time you become the person mm-hmm. holding the rope <laughs> <laughs> to bring it back. <laughs> I remember there were several nights um in over the summer where I was falling asleep hungry, but I was scared to go eat something and scared to go like the idea of going and having a snack caused me fear. And um, I was like, hmm, I don't, I don't want to live like that anymore. Like, I, I do not want food to cause me any fear. I just want mm-hmm. to trust myself and I want to eat without anxiety. Um, I don't want to be thinking about my body so much. <laughs> I don't want to. That was the other piece of it. Like, I was so focused on controlling my weight. Um, mm-hmm. So I was eating, quote unquote, normally, but terrified of weight gain. Um, Mm, and that really inhibited my life because I was constantly thinking about food, um, and constantly thinking, okay, this is what I can eat in order to maintain this weight because I've been this weight for a little bit and I don't want to gain weight. So I can't eat more. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this this is exhausting. Like the eating disorder is still in the back of my mind. Um, and so it was over the summer that, um, I, literally woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to try to eat without restriction. Um, And I would restrict in little ways, like um, time restriction. I would wait to eat for a couple hours until I was like really hungry. Or Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have more than one snack a day. Or I would wait to have dessert until after dinner, just little things like that. And I was like, I'm going to try to not do those things and try to, you know, just eat without restriction. And it was very hard um for a couple of months i would say it was the most like confusing um time in my life because i was like oh my gosh i like this is terrifying like (laughs) um to not listen to the eating disorder like are you kidding me like that's so scary um but i kept my head down and i started seeing a therapist again um in order to like support me and maintain my recovery Um, I started seeing a dietician again who has helped me tremendously. And um, now we're here. And my life has totally changed since over the summer. Because I laid the foundation of recovery for, like, six years of my life. It was just a matter of, like, taking that next step towards a more full, um, full recovery. It's, like, kind of crazy because I'm like, oh, my gosh, there was a person in there the whole time. Yeah. Like, I am not just my eating disorder. I actually do have, like, a very full existence without it (laughs) and I had to trust that in letting go of that because for a long time I, I just didn't think that that was the case for me
0: yeah and it's crazy because if you think about that it's like as what we were saying before about physical and mental illnesses when someone has a broken leg you don't say I mean, like, you don't describe that person as someone that has a broken leg. But when someone Mm. has depression or an eating disorder or, I don't know, anxiety or the wide range of mental health problems that exist, like, she is, like, she is the illness. That Mm. person is the illness. And, like, Why? why people why do people make like this huge difference when there's no difference at all i don't know i don't understand people <laughs> <laughs>
1: no but that's a really it's like i don't know i don't know the solution to that mm-hmm. but like just recognizing that recognizing that it's like the way that we talk about mental illnesses that affect people's mm-hmm. recovery from them that make them feel like that's like their identity it's like separating yourself from that and being like, I'm gonna defy that, like, rhetoric that society is spewing Mm -hmm. in my ear that tells me that I'm anorexic and depressed, and I'm gonna, like, come back to me, because I'm just Emily, and you're just Carmen, and we deal with stuff, but it doesn't make us, you know, it's, it, we deal with things, but it isn't, (laughs) me, like, trying to say it, like, (laughs) uh, philosophical life (laughs) we deal with stuff but it's not us (laughs) but like that's just like that's what I've come to realize and it's taken me a really long time to like fully separate myself from Mm -hmm. that identity um because it's not an easy process but I feel now more than ever that I'm not obsessed with that part of my life anymore
0: so I think there's a huge gap of misinformation and people not having enough knowledge and you know it's not the people around you like it's not their fault it's like something a lot bigger i think ignorance is the cause of a lot of issues in society and Uh, ignorance uh around mental health problems is a huge thing and that can cause a lot of problems as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's like, it leads to assumptions and mm -hmm. labels.
0: And wrong assumptions.
1: Um, yes, yes. Um, exactly. That can affect somebody who is just developing an eating disorder. It can affect somebody that's trying to recover from an eating disorder. It can affect, um, loved ones of people with eating disorders, like just this false, um, False idea of what they look like. False idea of that they're this person's identity. False idea that full recovery doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Just like all of these um, uh, stories we tell ourselves that I just, I don't think are true. (laughs) I I like to believe that they're not true.
0: (laughs) So, are there any, like, consequences of the eating disorder? Maybe health consequences or any consequences that you... Think you have gone through that you can tell mm.
1: yeah um extremely low or inconsistent energy levels that just mm-hmm. like, affected every area of my life um specifically when i was struggling um with the binge restrict cycle i mean i I'm, i think it's obvious that if you're Um, Solely restricting yourself. You're going to feel low energy Mm -hmm. And the reason why I like say that is like the number one consequence is because that affects everything it affected um, How I spoke to people I didn't have the energy to hold conversations with people I didn't have the energy to focus in school I didn't have the energy to think joyfully about my life Having energy is like something that it's the greatest gift that recovery has given me Um, but what I was going to say is with the binge restrict cycle, um, my energy levels were so inconsistent. Like when I was restricting, I felt that low, um, lethargic, irritable, um, depression. Mm -hmm. And then when I binged, I would get these bursts of energy and joy and wanting to be social with people sometimes. I mean, Sometimes it led me to want to isolate even more, but I would get these bursts of energy and then fall back into the restriction where I was feeling super lethargic and then binge and get these bursts of energy. Um, And yeah, it just, it led me to like, just be so inconsistent with like how I interacted with people too. It was like my days were determined by my behaviors Mm-hmm. Um, and so like whether or not I was feeling energized that day by how I was eating, like it just it dictated my whole life. So that was like the biggest consequence, I would say. Um, also just like not being able to regulate your emotions correctly when you're not nourishing yourself properly, that's a mm-hmm. huge
0: one. Okay, yeah, I think those are like the main, like the most common ones, I say, mm-hmm. especially the lack of energy. Um, Mm -hmm. that also, that can also lead to the, like, feeling cold all the time. That can also happen.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, so some other consequences could be also a lot of gastrointestinal problems. Mm -hmm. I think, like, people can be constipated or, like, they can have, like, they can be bloated or... There are a lot of issues there. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, also that's a big thing um, for people that um, vomit. Um, also, there can also be like infections and a lot of um, yeah infections on in the esophagus and the stomach. Um, mm-hmm. That can be quite bad. Um, also yeah. you can lose your period. It doesn't happen always, but it can happen. I don't know if it happened to yeah. you, but
1: Yep. Yep. It did.
0: Um but yeah, there are a lot. Um, yeah. But... Pretty
1: gnarly stuff.
0: Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: um it's no joke. Um also just like the way that it can affect your heart, um, mm-hmm. any sort of behavior, whether it's restriction or Um, binging or just, like, uh, not eating the way that your body needs you to um, can cause, like, serious cardiovascular issues. Um, It can affect your blood pressure. It can affect your pulse. Um, My heartbeat was very irregular when I was struggling, and that's scary. Mm -hmm. Like, it's scary when you're using behaviors and you feel your heart palpitating, or you have trouble catching your breath, or something like that, and you realize, like, oh my god, I'm really scared, like, maybe I should stop, Mm -hmm. but then the eating disorder creeps in, and it's like, no, like, you're fine, like, let's, you know, it's like this addiction, um, that no matter how, um, how severe the consequences are, if you're really struggling, you don't even care about them, um, and, yeah, yeah. Recovery, again, comes when you recognize like it's no joke Mm -hmm. and there are serious physical um, health consequences to this. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's scary, but it can be a good motivator in recovery. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I had some other things that I wanted to at least mention. Um, Okay. So first I want to say that you suffer from anorexia, right? Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of other eating disorders that maybe are not so known because I think anorexia Mm -hmm. and bulimia are like the big ones for a lot of people Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of others like there's binge eating um, there's also I don't think if it's officially considered eating disorder but you have orthorexia as well Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which actually I think many times you can flow from one eating disorder to another i think that's quite um easy to do um and actually i follow a psychologist on instagram and she's really helpful and she was saying don't think like it's the same demon in your head from counting your calories to be underweight and changing it to tracking your calories and being like a feed person and and being obsessed Mm -hmm. with that. Um, So I think that's really important to know as well. And I think there are a lot others that also on kids uh, that maybe are not so known. Like for example, when I was working at the hospital, I had a few kids coming and obviously I didn't talk about any of the things that I saw with, I don't know, with my family, but I, I did say like, oh, there was such a cute kid today (laughs) at the hospital (laughs) and i remember people telling me well well, not people but for example my dad like why why was there a kid there and i was like because Mm -hmm. he had an eating disorder um and it's not it doesn't have to be that they're underweight or overweight sometimes it's just you know that they're they don't like certain textures or yet there's a lot more it's a lot more complex than just what people think you don't have
1: to be a teenage girl or um to have an eating disorder you can be a child you can be a 60 year old woman you can be a man you can be um you know whatever you identify as you can um have an eating Mm -hmm. disorder and you're deserving of you know of help yeah
0: um also so there's this thing, that sometimes I think, because there's this diet culture, um, and I think a lot of people have this mentality of uh, being thin is better, and you're b- more beautiful if you're thin, um, and sometimes I think that um, people have tendencies and behaviors that are similar to eating disorder behaviors that may that that maybe are not a fully eating disorder like do you have any experience of Mm -hmm. people around you or or anything that you have seen that Mm
1: -hmm. well certainly and i think that that's why the term disordered eating exists as well because um you can i mean I think, unfortunately, it's so common for people to, at least at some point in their life, struggle in their relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think I, this is my belief, and I am not a dietitian, I'm not a therapist, I'm just, like, a human being who is in recovery from an eating disorder. I think that the optimal way for us to exist as humans is to eat intuitively. I don't think Mm -hmm. that we trust ourselves enough, I don't think that, I think that we believe that, and we create these, like, narratives in our head, like, if I don't control my food, I am not going to be healthy, because all I'm gonna want to eat are, quote-unquote, unhealthy foods. Mm -hmm. However, like, your body wants you to, and this is boring, like, I'm, I completely acknowledge that there are eating disorders that exist out there where, um... A person has trouble tuning into their cues they have um, for instance binge eating disorder or just I'm I'm aware of that but I think that Mm -hmm. like the goal for all of us is to get back to how we ate as babies like we cried when we were hungry we ate and then we stopped eating and then we ate some more and we like (laughs) just didn't think about um, how it would affect our aesthetics and so like I think that um, I've kind of gotten a little bit off track here, but disordered eating—it's like it's a thing because we feel like we can't trust ourselves um, in order to be ha- uh, healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, at least in my case, and it's taken a really long time. Now I crave all sorts of foods. My body craves vegetables. My body craves yeah. Food. My body craves oatmeal. My body like just so putting the trust back in my body and like fully understanding that my body wants me to live for as long as possible. So it's going to tell me Mm -hmm. what it needs in order to do that. Like, um, that's that's what I believe.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And actually, I was talking with my friends yesterday because I asked them if they had any like questions that they would like me to talk with you Mm -hmm. on the episode. And we started talking about healthy eating and I have this strong opinion that healthy eating is really subjective and healthy eating is what makes you feel good physically and mentally Mm. and some of my friends were saying healthy foods are non-processed foods and I was like okay that's your opinion that's totally acceptable But I don't think that um, because I think that's labeling foods and I don't think that's right. And I don't think putting a label on food, I think it's really harmful, to be honest. And saying this food is good and this food is bad, I don't think that helps anyone. And, you know, some of my friends were saying, and that's needed because if not people or kids will be eating really high calorie foods or really or foods really high on sugar or fats and I was like to be honest I mean if first I think you need like um some nutrition knowledge for all the population. I think that's the first thing. But mm-hmm. I think as you were saying you have to believe more on your body and let it tell you what it needs so i think that's a really good idea that people should think more about that yes. don't fear food obviously there's this part of giving the proper nutrients to your body which is really really important because it's what what is going <laughs> i forgot to speak <laughs> that's what's going <laughs> to make your body um work properly um Mm -hmm. and you need that food is much more than nutrition food is Mm -hmm. enjoyment food is Mm -hmm. food is pleasure like and i don't know it's like it's so much more than just fueling your body which is a huge part obviously but Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah i completely agree um and I think also in this conversation, like, it just, in the back of my mind, it's made me think about my own, oh, I just hit the table, <laughs> uh, my own um, journey towards, like, I feel like I've come to accept the fact that, like, not everybody has had an eating disorder before. Mm-hmm. And not everybody struggles with food in the same way that I do. Like, me intuitive eating and eating every single thing that my body asks me to eat is like the most optimal way for me to eat healthfully because it makes me feel good mentally and physically Mm -hmm. whereas and bless these people Mm -hmm. in the world some people exist that probably don't have an attachment to food in the same way that I do and they can um eat kind of I don't know well I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say but I think that it's also difficult I think that the point of what I'm trying to say is that it's impossible to make sweeping claims about how, like, every person should or shouldn't eat and what is healthy and what is not, but me, in my experience, I'm a person in recovery from an eating disorder, and that's the audience that I speak to Mm -hmm. so i wholly promote like this way that i live because i'm hoping that it helps other people who are in the same position as i am
0: yeah and i think i was also thinking the same thing because i'm sure there are people out there that have a totally healthy relationship with food and do not even consider the things that we've been talking about and that's totally fine um Mm -hmm.
1: Bless your soul. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, you're really lucky. Um, But I think you should also consider that there are people also struggling um, on things that maybe are so normal to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. Okay, I also wanted to talk really quickly about obesity this fine line between obesity and is it healthy um what is going on there
1: Mm -hmm. um i again am only speaking from like the lens that i look out into the world Mm -hmm. with as somebody who is an advocate for Intuitive eating, trusting your body, landing at the weight that your body intended to. So I, again, I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you're expecting me to give, like, a scientific answer, (laughs) but I I think that, um, obesity, like, that's just a terribly, um, misconstrued word, Mm -hmm. and I think that we look at somebody who is, um quote-unquote overweight and we call them overweight but maybe for their body that's the weight that they that their body lands at and it's optimal for them and so that's that's my belief in that I don't believe that we can walk around labeling people overweight Mm -hmm. and obese if you know it just I think that that's super dangerous Mm -hmm. Uh, just like somebody can be quote unquote underweight without having a low BMI, they can be underweight simply for their opposite. Exactly. Body. Um, and so I think that um again it's it's judging somebody based on their physical appearance. Yeah. It's really dangerous. And um, it's fat phobia. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And yeah, and so I think that those labels are uh, do more harm than good. Yeah. And they isolate like Definitely. A population and they judge them and they it's like how is a person supposed to feel comfortable in themselves if they're being labeled as this um body type that is so unfortunately um mm-hmm. judged in our society it's so weight focused so aesthetic focused it's just it does more harm
0: mm-hmm. than good. yeah i totally agree and i mean i think obviously i guess the excuse that people always say about um, people that are quote-unquote obese is that oh they have a lot of health problems and I'm like I have a lot to say here one it's it's not your point like you have no right to talk about someone else's health second you don't know third Mm -hmm. someone with any other type like any other weight can also have health problems and if they have Mm -hmm. health issues because of their weight then that's their own problem and that's something that if they want to treat they will treat on themselves with a doctor with a professional so you have nothing to do with it but if it's someone like that's the issue if you see someone that. Um, people consider us obese eating fast food but if you eat someone like thin eating fast food like the reaction is completely different mm. so yep. yeah and
1: that's yeah it's fatphobia. yeah that's what it is what is you don't actually want to like you see this unsolicited advice being thrown mm-hmm. at some people on instagram um, you're not healthy, blah, 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 blah. It's like, why are you commenting those things? What gives you the right to say those things? Do you actually want to help that person? No. Mm-hmm. You are fat phobic and you're judging yeah. them and you have your own issues to work through when it comes to your body and your view of mm-hmm. the world that you feel they need to judge other people for their bodies. Like, if you actually love yourself and fully accept your body where it's at, you won't look at somebody and label them as thin or fat or whatever. Like, it's because it won't even cross your mind in that way.
0: Okay, so I think the last things that I want to talk about is uh, what do you think society can do to help people with an eating disorder or to um avoid more eating disorders to happen mm-hmm. etc i feel
1: like if everybody just started posting photos of their body in unedited ways like so many issues would be like
0: diminished mm-hmm.
1: in the world so that would be my number one thing um to for society to do <laughs> so if everybody could listen and <laughs> um but
0: yeah Yeah, I think that's a huge thing that shouldn't change and also the fact that people shouldn't judge um, others based on their appearance or their weight. And I know this is really hard and I cannot um, say to the whole population like, learn what are it what eating disorders are or know how to treat people Mm -hmm. correctly or you know um but i think doing your best can help a lot um and taking a lot of um like being careful with the things that you say and how you say things and for example don't give compliments on people's appearance like oh you lost weight you look so good please i'm sick of those comments (sighs) stop this needs to stop i'm tired yes (laughs) okay so just one last thing that i ask everyone it's just this really random question so if you were to die tomorrow and you had to take with you everything that you've learned in your life so all the advice, all the experience, everything, but you had to leave behind something because it's so important, uh, or you think that it's so important that the whole world should know about, what will it be?
1: I would say external circumstances will not bring you lasting, sustainable joy. And it is possible to be happy and confident and comfortable with yourself without any sort of validation from the world around you that's what i'm great
0: i'd love that (laughs) um okay so thank you emily for your time and your wise words and for um telling all of us your story
1: oh thank you for having me carmen this was a very lovely conversation and i'm in a that's
0: great me too (laughs) (laughs) all right bye thank you so much for listening to this last episode of the year and also for all the support that i've received since i started the podcast i'm so grateful for every single one of you and even though it's been a rough year i really hope these episodes help you in one way or another to step away maybe from everything going on around you and as always, I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this topic. And I will really appreciate it if you share any of the episodes with your friends, family, loved ones, as well as if you share it on social media. And if you do so, please remember to tag me so I can see it. Uh, but that's everything for me today. I really hope you enjoyed, And happy holidays and happy new year, bye.